episode of squad up the podcast on this episode about blizzard we're talking all about blizzard because myself and my compatriot who i will introduce in a moment we're just at blizzcon the big party celebration for blizzard games and we've got lots to talk about but joining me today just like he joined me for four days out in california it's my buddy my main man peaches toot toot what's up peaches that's the that's the pitch I was going for too. Hey, yo, how's it going, man? Living the dream. I was in BlizzCon last week, so everything is great. I gotta say something that I think anybody can relate to, no matter what their vacation was. It sucks to be off of the vacation. Yep, 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 yep. A uh, hundred. I'm really yes. feeling how much it sucks to not be in California. Yep, and that BlizzCon and listening to your wife's grandma blamed the Wi-Fi for ticking noises. <laughs> calling it HDM14. <laughs> yeah, calling, oh, man. Make sure it's turned to HDM14. Look, uh, this man, California was trip was just phenomenal. We got to do so much cool stuff, so we're going to talk all about it. Let's start at the beginning. Both of us showed up Wednesday night, Halloween. We traveled, which, boom, just like we said... We got some free drinks on our flights. Hey. Um, I'm like that um, that graphics interchange format of Snoop Dogg. Just imagine that, but it's my face. Yes, the graphics <laughs> interchange format of, of Snoop Dogg. You kindly piss off, sir. <laughs> Would you kindly piss off? Um, so yeah, uh, we, we landed Halloween night. We went straight to In-N-Out because it's what you do even though you don't think so, but lots of people do. So we went to in I mean, I was with you. I did it. I did the thing. You did. I ate the animal style everything. Ooh, my fave. Um, and so <laughs> we, we went to BlizzCon. Um, no, the next day we went to Disneyland. Excuse me. Went to Disneyland. We had just so much food. At one point, the, the, um, the idea was for you to have a skewer or three skewers on each hand and become skewer Wolverine. <laughs> that turned into skewer churro, man. It was just too messy, man. There was sauce everywhere. I didn't want to get sauce on my clothes. You know, I just want to enjoy Bengal barbecue. So that's what I did. And then the next day, it was BlizzCon. It was time for BlizzCon. Now, we got to talk a little bit about the day before because the day before, you and I decided we were going to walk over because they let you the day before walk over. You can pick up your badges. You can buy any merch that you want to buy. And you can kind of basically get ready so that you're not waiting in the registration line on the first day of the convention, which was a smart move because, as we'll get into, that was a shit show. Um, yeah. But Thankful for whoever told you to do that. I don't remember if it was Jason or if it was Nathan or if you just read about it. Yeah. Whoever told you that was a good idea. Boss move. Right. And you know, I, most of, I'm, I liked most of BlizzCon, but the, the, the things that I disliked the most were how unorganized the outside was like outside of BlizzCon, the process to get in was so unorganized that it made the, like the beginning mornings and those times trying to get into the convention center miserable. Right. That's true. 
Man, we're get, we're going through this really fast. Let's slow down for a second. Let's let's back up for a second and let's examine the skeleton of how this podcast will go today. Hey Eduardo, what did you play last week? Done. Okay. So <laughs> No, just kidding. Um yeah. So let's back it up. Let's just let's go through every day like we're just telling our loved ones about our days. Deal. So let's go back to Disneyland for a second, because we're going to be a lot of BlizzCon. We're going to be talking about a lot of Blizzard, so it's going to take up a lot of time. Sure. How did you enjoy Alice in Wonderland Dark Ride? <laughs> I love Dark Rides. Like I have a really <laughs> soft spot in my heart for really cheesy Dark Rides, and I loved it. I loved just everything about it, and I... <laughs> I don't know. It, it's very Disney to me, right? Like Disney to me is going on those cheesy dark rides with my family. It's going on the the Mr. Toads and the the Snow White's, you know, scary adventures and all those rides. So you know, sure. it's very nostalgic for me to be able because those rides almost don't exist at Disney World anymore. Like they're few and far between. They have really like kind of trimmed those rides out, and all that's left is what like Winnie the Pooh. Um, you could sort of count. Um, under the sea, but like, I, I kind of don't, right? Like to me, nah. like the individual carts, the way that the doors open, that's all like part of it. Right. And oh yeah. The, the only one that really does that right now is still is Winnie the Pooh, right? Am I missing one? Am I forgetting one? I can't think of another one that is and that. And Winnie the Pooh is not even like full dark ride. It's like 80% dark ride just right. because of the way that the honey pot, the vehicle, if you've never been, um, to Disney World and ridden the Winnie the Pooh attraction. The vehicle's a honeypot, so it's kind of like, it looks circular, but it's not really. Um, and it like bobs and weaves a little bit in certain sections, but it does have most of the elements of a dark ride. I think that they just got rid of those because they're honestly, like they're really cool and nostalgic, but they're not efficient whatsoever. Like they can, they'll put like two to four people on one at a time. And at Disneyland specifically, they don't even like try to group up parties that are separate. They're just like, okay, we got a party of five here. So let's put four of them in this one. And this dude can ride by himself behind <laughs> his family and watch them enjoy the ride. Like, it's kind of weird, but I, I guess, you know, as far as we know, the demographic of Disneyland is they don't care as much about efficiency. They just want to do what they want to do. So, but no, I, I think there's a lot more of those still in Disneyland for the nostalgia factor. I personally love riding pirates. Pirates is my favorite pirates attraction. Is fantastic. And so Haunted good. Mansion Holiday. Oof. Man. Oof. It's so fun. It's so fun. It's so good. I love seeing Jack Skellington on everything. It's, I just I'm a sucker for nightmare, so I'm with you. Um yeah, everything you, there is just top notch. If you weren't paying attention to our social medias uh, while we were in in California you would not have seen that we literally, and by we, I mostly mean me, ordered one of every item at Bengal Barbecue. Like I said, I want one of everything. And then I ordered what he and his wife wanted separately. And I ate one of every skewer at Bengal Barbecue because I do not understand what moderation is. <laughs> Fair. And then we had lots of churros. Did you ever use the other three? I didn't use them, no, because I only brought the three coupons. So... When you guys wanted churros, I just said, all right, we'll all get a churro. And then um, we went to, what was there after there? We went and had a couple corn dogs. I think it was, our Disneyland day was really dictated by the food that we ate, right? It was like, <laughs> we went from food place to food place, and then maybe we did a ride or two in between. Yeah, it's true. I mean, 
most of my life choices are dictated by what food <laughs> I want to eat. So uh, I don't think it's that surprising, honestly. Right. Um, no, dude, we, I think total, and this might surprise some of you guys out there because we really were in it for the food and the like aesthetics of things. Um, we mostly went to Disneyland for the food because we rode four rides total. Did you realize that? I didn't realize that until you just mentioned it, but yeah, we only we did rode rides. We rode Indiana Jones, we rode Pirates, we did Mansion Holiday, and we did Alice in Wonderland. We thought we were going to do Big Thunder Mountain, didn't work out for reasons we don't have to get into. <laughs> and then we, we only went into California Adventure basically to drop off Bailey and also eat corn dogs. We got her some tacos. We got to see yeah. the little Coco area, which I'm sad we didn't get to see a show for them. But we did get to see the mariachis singing my favorite song that I was singing the entire vacation. Um, oh, dude. Poco Loco? Poco Loco is my jam. It is yeah. a bop, dude. Um, yeah. And, then so, that's we, and we also, we didn't spend all of that day at Disneyland, as Eduardo said. It's If you've never been to BlizzCon before, um, we'll, we'll be breaking down like, obviously how we felt about it and what the process is and stuff. And I don't know if they're going to do this every year. Did they, do you know if they did it previous years? The get your registration beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. Listen guys, if you ever go to BlizzCon or think about doing this, I, I like Eduardo said this earlier and I really want you to understand, take that day before BlizzCon starts, go get your registration, like go register, get your badge, do the majority of the merchandise shopping that you want to do. And that way, during the two days of the event, you can spend all of it doing the panels and the demos and what, like, whatever it is you want, you'll be able to do it and you won't have to worry about the lines. I don't think I have much else to say. Oh, we saw Paint the Night, right? That's Paint what it's called. Night, which you are like not big on parades at all, but I'm really curious to see how you felt about it because it seemed like you were having like a really great time. Dude, I. <laughs> There was one part of that parade that I didn't fully understand. Um, <laughs> but I thought that it was really pretty. It was really artfully done. The Mack truck with all of the lights hanging down was really cool. Um, I, like I said, was weirded out when the song switched from When Can I See You Again, whatever remix currently it was, to The Life is a Highway. I was <laughs> like, these highway. songs don't go together. <laughs> this is the worst mashup. This is like, this is like peanut butter and mayonnaise on a sandwich. What are you doing? I loved the mashup. I loved it. If you don't, if you eat peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches, uh, I'm sorry for offending you. I'm also sorry that you have that taste. <laughs> Look, uh, Disneyland was great. Paint the Night, I think, is just the best parade, hands down. Except maybe it's like it's up there with. Um, the Halloween parade, those two parades mm. kind of go back and forth for me, but paint the night really is something special because it's, it's like a continuation. Like even at the very beginning, the, the intro is the same intro for the most part as the electrical light parade. Like it's definitely like a parade for a new age that doesn't like homage to the past with electrical parade. And if there is one thing in this world that I would want Disney world to do is to do the same thing, but with spectrum magic. So a new parade, all brand new, that pays tribute to Spectrum Magic. I never saw it. I, I marched in it. My high school came to Disney World uh, when I was a junior, and I marched before that parade, but I never saw that parade. 
Right. I've heard good things. It's fantastic. It was so fantastic. Trident was in it, which was super cool. And he had like a like a glowing trident with him, and he would like force it in the air, and it was it was a lot of fun. The music was really great. It made you feel stuff. Um, Man, yeah, it was I like fantastic. feeling stuff. Same. Uh, but let's get into the meat of the BlizzCon because after that point, after we um, after we took away to um, California Adventure, we then walked from, which is about a mile walk, we walked about a mile from uh, Disneyland to the um, Anaheim Convention Center, which, to be fair, they're not a mile apart, but there's no easier way to get there. Like, right. We, like, could see the convention center from where we were, but we still had to, like, leave outside downtown Disney, then go around, and then head to BlizzCon, which it's was the about fastest I've walked in. A year. Right. Um, <laughs> and we went in, we, we got in a line. It was a very long line, and we were like, man, this line sucks. And right when we get in line, some guy walks up with, like, a BlizzCon shirt and, like, an earpiece. He's like, hey, who thinks this line sucks? And, like, some people were like, me. And then other people just kind of ignored him. And then he's like, all right, well, follow me. And then some people left, and some people were like, why are they leaving? And we were like, well, what do we do? And we are like, well, we're already at the end of the line, so what's the worst that could happen? And so he, like, walked <laughs> us over to a side door and was like, come on in, have fun. <laughs> Dude, it was so weird. Like, both of us looked at each other and we're like, this guy's serious? And then I don't remember if it was me that asked you or you that asked me or one of us said, is he wearing an earpiece? Mm-hmm. And the other person said, yeah. And we were like, let's go. We're following this guy. <laughs> but yeah, we got, like, super quick entry into the registration. And um, they do some really cool stuff um, inside. So you go in and you wait in the line to get your bag which that that's not the cool part but you get a little bit of free swag uh we got like a book that had um some pictures and like notes about previous blizzcons it was like a commemoration style book i would say some other swag was in the box like what we got some magnets uh i got the we got this little diablo figurine who sits on my desk now he's the terror the two two inch terror of my desk giggity that's that's Um, what they call me in high school the two inch terror and then um and then they they let you buy merch early like we were saying so that you don't have to do it during the con but they also do this thing called the blank shop and you can log in to your app like you can download a blizzcon app you log in um and you basically purchase your stuff in advance through the app and then instead of waiting in the long line you wait in a line of people that have already pre-purchased you go up, they scan a barcode, and then they have like a runner in the back and everybody's kind of waiting for the thing they ordered and they just like go and grab your stuff. They bring it up, they call your number like you're, I don't know, waiting for a food item at a restaurant and they just bring out your stuff and make sure that it's all the stuff that you ordered. And they even have a little fitting area right in front of the Blink shop so you can test out the shirt sizes and stuff before you place those orders. I, I personally think the Blink shopping was really cool. The little fitting area the fact that i could hold some of these things in my hand made it so much more likely that i was going to purchase them like oh yeah like i picked up this jacket i was like man this jacket looks fucking cool man and then i was like well (laughs) guess i'm buying it (laughs) right like because the jacket you bought was like it's a really cool jacket but it's our it was already for sale on the blizzard store and we've both seen that jacket a hundred times probably scrolling through things and you had that thing in your hand and you're like you know what? I'm going to try this on because why wouldn't I try it on? And then you put it on and we were both like, dude, that looks really good on you. And you're like, I'm buying it. I got to buy it. And then 
they gave you so if you spent a hundred dollars or more on anything they gave you this like and this is not an exaggeration it's folded up in my backpack right now where i'd show you guys um they gave you like a four foot tall like really nice material bag to carry all your stuff around in which was eight dollars on its own or free if you spent a hundred dollars or more so like i got my cart intentionally to like 115 dollars just to get that stupid bag that i'm not going to do anything with eduardo got to like 85 or something and he's yeah. like shit i'm close <laughs> no you got it to 100 after tax but it needed to be before tax right and so i bought like a keychain to get it over yeah so we're like <laughs> we got these giant bags that are almost the full size of our body and then we were trying to catch paint at that night so we audio issues And we're back. Continue. Yo, your mixer's been given out lately. Yeah, I need to start investing in an actual mixer. Like, I want to buy a real mixer, right? Because I have a virtual one right now. And okay. And that's what the problem is. I need to buy an actual physical mixer because that'll alleviate a lot of the audio problems that I have. Be super high tech. No, but like, we're, when we said earlier that we had to rush back to Disneyland to catch that parade, we were also toting those giant bags with all of our stuff in it. So we looked like the nerdiest nerds out there. Yeah, we even got catcalled. We did. We, somebody was like, some people were in their, their car and they yelled out the window, nice fanny packs, look at the nerd twins or something like that. I was like, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> got them. <laughs> yeah. The, have you seen a fanny pack before? Because they, they don't look like that. Yeah, they're not nearly that big. <laughs> But yeah, you have anything else about the the pre BlizzCon day like no, that we want to share with the people so they know? I don't think there's much else. There wasn't much else. It was just a lot of there was a lot of anticipation there, right? Like you're in there, you're finally in BlizzCon. You got to see just a little bit of everything that was going on, so it was a nice little taste of like what was to come. But no, nothing else until the first day. And the first day, that's where we really get a, a real taste of how bad their crowd control is oh man yeah this is probably this is probably the only negative thing i have to say about the event but i'll let you explain it because i'll let you explain it sure so <laughs> we 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 get dropped off for the event around the corner my wife drops us off my wife just so you know has family in california so she just she wasn't just like sitting in a hotel room she like had stuff to do her like grandma <laughs> took her out for like brunch for like manis and petties and like bought her stuff and like they had a good time um so she drops us off at the convention center um and we get there and it is a madhouse we see a line that is wrapping all the way around from the very front of the convention center all the way to the very back and then it is starting to head into like the street of like anaheim like west boulevard um and so we're like, what do we do? And so at first we try to watch at the front of the line and see what's going on, but there's nothing going on there. So we decide to watch at the back of the line. And at one point, the end of the line splits off into two other lines around this cul-de-sac and they both go down. And then we get into the, we just decide arbitrarily, we're going to pick this line over here. So we're waiting in this line, we're waiting in this line. And then finally we get to a point where there's a security guard that goes, you're on the wrong line. You need to be on that side. And that didn't make us happy. Uh, it did not make us happy one bit. Um, 
and it was really unorganized and the whole time we were all just everyone around us was confused i remember there was a group of guys which first of all they were trying to yell out blizzard spoilers like blizzcon spoilers um snape kills dumbledore (laughs) and they were super annoying but at one point they were like this is stupid i have a big screen tv in my hotel room i've got bacon and eggs let's all just go watch it in the hotel and come back later and they fucking left like bye yeah and we were like thank god these guys are the worst um so we end up moving over and we end up moving to the other side and everybody's really frustrated at this point and i probably would have been more frustrated than anything if i didn't start hearing a voice behind me and i turn around and from the morning stream if anybody listens so he's part of the frog pants network brian ibbett of the of the morning stream is right there and for the next five minutes, I stand there and pretend like I don't know who he is and like I haven't noticed him. And then finally, <laughs> I muster up the courage to actually say something. And I'm like, oh, wait, you're Brian Ivett from the morning stream. I'm such a fan. And I didn't actually tell you this, but I listened to the morning stream two days ago and he shouted me out on his podcast. He was talking Did he about, really? He did. He was like, I waited in line. I met this really nice guy named Eduardo. We talked for a while. It was super cool. Whoa. I know, dude. I was freaking You've out. Been- You've been mentioned on two podcasts now. What is happening with my life? I know. Wow. Dude, you're basically famous. I am. I am. I'm famous. Will you stream with me later? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> if you play your cards right. Um, uh, what if I play my Overwatch right? <laughs> yeah, that won't happen. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just want to add real quick. Like, part of the reason why when that lady told us, like, go over there, that's the real line, that everybody was so confused, at least from our perspective was because we had already spent like somewhere in the half an hour, 40 minutes time walking around, trying to figure out where the hell it was we needed to stand. And we thought we knew where it was. We were standing behind some people for a while. And then I heard some people say, there's a back entrance. Let's just go this way. And I was like, okay, let's follow them. And then we followed them for a while. And then I lost them because the crowd was so big. And then we got to the front of the building instead of the back of the building. And I was like, Surely they don't know what we're talking about. So we were like all over the place before we finally found what we thought was the right line. And then at that point, this this lady told us where to go. And we were like, nobody knows what's going on. You surely don't know what's going on. I mean, she worked there. <laughs> but we were just so confused that we didn't want to believe her. So it was, it took, I think it took a little both of us pushing each other to get us to go to the actual line where you met that guy. Yeah. It was um, it was pretty rough. And what made it even worse is when we got almost to the front of the line that we were in, some lady walked up and was like, there are 18 open open security checkpoints down here. All you got to do is walk here. And we were like, we're already in this line. We've waited yeah. this long. We're going in here. But it just made me mad that there was nobody back there that could have told us that there was, you know, a wider entrance over here. But yeah. So I want to say, like, as frustrating as that all was to get into the building, um, I think it was because they had increased, right? We kind of both agreed with this. They increased the security measures at BlizzCon because of recent events at other video game activities involving firearms, which is where we'll leave that. Um, And I think they did things a lot differently this year than they had done in previous years. We can't, from experience, speak to it because this was our first year. Um, but it just felt like if you've ever been to a Disney park during the holidays level of busy, but instead of having like a cast member every four feet to tell you where to go, there were like three people total outside directing traffic. And it just wasn't enough people. So 
I think they'll do better at it next year. I think this might've been something sort of new for them as far as how to direct that many people. Um, I could also be wrong. You know, maybe they're just always bad at that. We'll find out next year. Sure. But let me just say that after security, everything was glorious from that point on. Like walking in, seeing the big BlizzCon sign. We even took a picture in front of it with like the fountains and the big BlizzCon sign. And then it has all the different like properties right underneath it. It was just like surreal. And walking into the convention center for the first time and everything looks so crazy there are these giant statues of blizzard characters and there's you know these giant maps everywhere and it it was it was it was hard, it's hard to describe because it's such like there's a particular energy at blizzcon that it's that is hard to describe and the reason it is because everybody there is so passionate about these games and it's not like it's not like comic con because comic con I could be a Batman fan and you could be a Superman fan. So while we're both comic fans, we don't necessarily have a lot in common besides the fact that we both read comics or we both like nerdy properties, especially it's something like Comic-Con that's gotten so big. But Blizzard sure. is so concentrated that you know if the guy walking here, he knows who Thrall is. This guy knows who Tracer is. This guy has seen at least what Overwatch is. Like People have at least a general understanding. So it's almost like you're connected with these people before you even said anything to them. Oh yeah, it was really easy to strike up conversations with people. And normally, like, I I'm obviously if you if you know me personally, you know that I never stop talking and I'm pretty loud. Like, I just have a loud voice. But like, I even sometimes in public, in public when I'm by myself, even when I'm only with a few friends, I'm usually kind of introverted toward other people. Like, I would never think of going out of my way to talk to somebody I don't know in a public situation unless I had to. Um, and people at BlizzCon would just like come up to you and start talking. And it was totally cool. Like, because it's all fellow nerd camaraderie, right? Like we're all talking about something we know we like. And we met some people that were like huge into Diablo. And we met some people that were in a big, a big wow guild that were there for their first time. Also the people we were, uh, standing behind in that line initially. Um, and we just met like, I don't know, just a lot of cool people. They all just got along. It was really awesome. We then, we we looked around and we go, where would we really like to watch the opening ceremonies from? Like, where's the one place? And we, we both decided Overwatch because Overwatch is our thing, right? Like, there's one game that we say we probably play more than any other Blizzard game that we're probably more entrenched in. It's Overwatch. And so we're like, let's go to the Overwatch arena. We walk over to the Overwatch arena and there is one hell of a line at the Overwatch arena. People are like scrambling to get in. And we had just passed the, um, we had just passed the StarCraft stage, and there was no one at the StarCraft stage, which we'll talk about later because a really cool thing happened at the StarCraft stage, but at the time, we were like, it's StarCraft. Who cares? Like, let's just go sit at the StarCraft stage. There's no <laughs> one there. We can sit right at the front, and it won't matter, so we got to take a nice seat. And here's where we start getting into the meat of what happened at BlizzCon. So the opening ceremonies are where everything happens, and we'll take it all the way from the top. So the first thing that happens, Mike Morheim comes out, which what I will assume will be his last time being the BlizzCon opener because if for those of you that don't know, <clears throat> Black, uh, Mike Morheim is stepping down as the president of BlizzCon and I always forget the guy that's taking over for his name, Jay... Uh, Jay Allen Brack. Jay Allen Brack. Um, they kind of had sort of like a passing of the torch moment 
and Jalen Breck then um, he, you know, Mike Morheim said a few words of thank thanks to the, to, you know, to the crowd and for everybody and to like his parents and you know sort of like said his goodbye to the Blizzard crowd and then um, Jalen Breck came out and sort of took over and started um, sort of the proceedings and he started with uh, everyone's favorite MOVA and by everyone I mean some people uh, Heroes of the Storm and I think that was a really solid way to kick it off because um, for the first time ever, they created their own character. And I think people were pleasantly surprised with what they were able to do given as much freedom as they were given, right? So like they've always had like a template or like a rule set that they've had to follow. They've always been like, all right, well, I have to make this character just like this because it's based off of the source property. But it seemed like they were really excited to get to make a new character all on their own. And that's where Orphea came in. And man... She looks super cool. Yo, that's got to be a challenge though, right? And I, and they kind of talked on this, but like, how do you take a game that is basically the Super Smash Bros of Blizzard and MOBAs like together? It's like an amalgamation of all those three things, right? How do you take a game like that and make your own character and make it in a way that like people are going to pursue that character? Like when I jump in to HOTS, I mean, maybe I'm not the right person to, to talk about this because I'll play anybody that I like to play. Like I play ETC and I hate Torrent because why would you want to play a cow? Because but they're cool. They're not cool unless they're ETC. Um, but like, I bet a bunch of people go in there and they're like, yo, I love Rainer from Starcraft. I'm a huge Rainer fan. I'm going to play him no matter how good or bad he is. Like people with that mentality, like, how are you going to get them to like Orphea, right? But I think they did a good job of making a character that kind of felt like she belonged in the game um, and had a good HOTS aesthetic, if you will. Like she, she definitely looked like she came out of that world, but she didn't look so out of place that it was like obvious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, I forgot to do something and I'm mad at myself about it. So I'm just going to do it now. What'd you forget to do? My arrow finds its mark. I bring the mega death. Cheers, love. The cavalry's here. You forgot in the Blizzard episode. How did I even do that? It's literally the, the episode all about Blizzard, and I forgot to play the Blizzard bumper. Uh, you can just move it forward in the recording. Yeah, just we'll play it out. at the beginning like it happened. We'll just pretend like it happened. Um, and then we'll just have like 20 seconds of silence like a minute ago when you were playing the bumper <laughs> for real. No, so I don't know. I thought they did a good job with Orphea. I think she looks cool. I think she's fun to play. And if you went to the con, uh, you get to have her on your roster for free. Uh, so we'll let you know how she plays when she's available. Now, remind me what happened next because I don't remember if it was WoW next or if they tried to go to Hearthstone next. I honestly don't remember the order of everything, but if you break it down by game, I can tell you exactly what like all the news was. But I think if if my memory serves properly, they tried to go to Hearthstone and something was going wrong with the stage. Like the sound wasn't coming through the microphone for whatever reason. And the guy was talking and he didn't know it wasn't working. I think it was working on the stage, but it yeah. wasn't broadcasting elsewhere. Point is, they skipped over him and they went to Jeff Kaplan, who was on the Overwatch arena, uh, always... and he is great at speaking. 
Let he me tell great. you. Let me tell you. I have watched a, a several BlizzCons in a row, and Jeff Kaplan. Every time I see him there, is always the hypest person there. He always looks like he's having the time of his life, and he always. <laughs> and maybe this is why people are so passionate about Overwatch right now. Is he seems like he really loves this game, right? Like. In some ways, some of the developers seem a little, like, lethargic about the game, and they're like, well, this is the game, this is what we have to present, they're a little bit more serious, but he just seems like he loves Overwatch, and he wants to make it the greatest game possible. Oh, um, yeah. Which and was... dude, dude comes out, and he's, like, he's hype, he talks about uh, how some big stuff is coming to Overwatch, and then he showed us, and you may have seen it, um, you may have seen it already, um, there is a short called Reunion that involves McCree and some other people. Uh, and it's a really cool short. I urge you to go out and watch it, but there were a bunch of new characters in the short. Are you like working on sound right now? I'm not working on anything. So okay. it shouldn't, it shouldn't be affecting the stream sound. So I would check it from, it okay. from your end. Okay. My microphone checking, volume is up all the I'm way. So the maybe I'll just, the maybe I'll just sit a little closer. Um, but they have this short, and it's got Ash in it, who you probably know at this point is the main character. It's got her robot butler, Bob. Uh, oh. It's got a bunch of gang members. It's got this robot that comes out of a capsule who's called Echo. Uh, and he's, like, teasing the whole time, um, teasing the whole time about which character it's going to be. And ultimately, at the end, it re he reveals it's Ash and Bob. So... He did a really good job presenting, and we got to play Ash in a demo. And let me tell you guys, she is super fun. Eduardo is super concentrated. Eduardo is quiet, and Peaches is not. I will move my microphone closer. I am it's never gonna be quiet. in the shot a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, let's. Oh, dude, this. mine's mine's right there. It's cool. Oh no, that's not good. Put a so take the back of your microphone, Eduardo and put a picture of your face on it and then just put the microphone over your face. The thing holding up my microphone just fell off, so I'm going to need you to just fill time for a little bit. All <laughs> I'll right? Keep, I'll keep talking about Ash. Thank okay. Yeah, so just so you guys know, we got to demo every single thing for the most part that they announced, right? So um, we talked about HOTS earlier. They announced Orphea. We technically got the opportunity to play as Orphea, um, but when you went into the demo area of Heroes of the Storm, um, there wasn't a custom game match where everybody could play whatever character. Um, if you've never played Heroes of the Storm, the, the main modes of the game, you're not allowed to have duplicate characters on the same team. So basically, if you got in line for the HOTS demo and you weren't insanely fast at picking Orphea, you didn't get to play her. We got to play on a team with one, but we didn't actually get to use her. However, when we did the overwatch um because they were very good and all four of the rest of them played torbjorn so it was four torbjorns and two ashes we ended up absolutely creaming the other team but ash plays really fun to so just quickly go over her abilities she's got like a rifle she can zoom in on the rifle kind of like sniping but not exactly like sniping it's quicker and um it doesn't go as far um, she can, she's got a little hand cannon that she shoots in front of her that knocks her back and it knocks the person she shoots at that back as well as doing some damage. She has a stick of dynamite that she throws. 
that takes a pretty long time to explode. It does heavy damage, but if you shoot the stick of dynamite, it explodes early. Um, and her ultimate, she summons her faithful robot butler, Bob, which stands for Big Omnic Butler. Uh, and Bob charges at an enemy. Uh, if it hits an enemy, he knocks them up in the air and then he plants himself in the ground. If he doesn't hit an enemy, he hits a wall and plants himself in the ground. And then his hands turn into like Gatling guns, basically. And he just starts like shooting everything around him, um, which is really cool because Bob is awesome. He's got like this bowler hat. He's a big, bulky, like bouncer robot. Um, and he's got this cool Western mustache, like the W stash, which I would totally have if I was allowed to. Um, and he basically acts like a seventh teammate. You can heal him. Uh, if you're an enemy Ana, you can sleep dart him. If you're an Ana on the team that Bob has summoned, you can nano boost him. You can do a lot. Of, he's got a huge health pool. So like you got to take him out or he'll just gun your team down. But he is really awesome. And I think that they made a great addition to the Overwatch roster. And we'll see how she plays with others. How do I sound now, folks out there in the wild? Do I sound pretty good now? Am I now up, up to, to Peach's standards? You have more of a crispness to your voice, at Good. least on my end. Good. Yeah. Then uh, mission accomplished. I'm going to have to change yeah. my setup for when I'm streaming and when I'm not. Um, How do you feel about Ash? Because I just like laid out my heart for her. I <laughs> want to make her my new main. I want to only play her for the foreseeable future. I think she has a <laughs> super, super cool kit. And I think she is like a really fun character and it, it, it kind of shows how much fun and how much of an organic process the Overwatch team has making characters. Like it looks like it was very clear from the way, and we went to the Overwatch um, character creation panel. So we saw, um, and they're like, what's next panel? So we got to see their, their process for creating Ash. And it was definitely like, we saw this character, we ended up falling in love with this character, and so we decided to put her in the game. And that's basically what happened. It wasn't like they planned on her. They just, they honestly had made the short first and they decided, we really like this character. Let's, like, put her in the game. And that's where they ended up, and she is so much fun to play. And honestly, she's basically McCree, but better. Um, I don't know, man. I am the garby garboist garbage with mccree and i think that we both did pretty well when i was playing ash uh it might have been the mouse i think the mouse that they had dude you guys they had these killer pc setups at all the demo stations like just rows and rows of like geforce nvidia graphic car graphics cards um corsair equipment like the towers were awesome and obviously they have to be because we're at like a gaming nerd convention. But I just want to say like, it was really cool to be able to play on all these top notch computers. Um, but I don't know. I felt that she played, I, I personally found her a little smoother than McCree, but they might, as you say, and as they actually kind of said in, in the Overwatch, um, not the Overwatch, the HOTS Q&A, they might have made her a little more powerful than she needed to be at first, just so that people get into her. Sure. I mean, there there's nothing, there's not like, there's a lot more feel bad. There's not less feel bad moments that I could say, I should say, um, than coming in and being really excited for a character. And then that character being really underpowered. And then you basically give up on the character. 
right? right. You don't, it, I, in my opinion, with character design, it is better for them to come out overpowered and then get tuned a little bit than the reverse because you'll then put that character in a bucket where people will not want to play them. They'll basically get a stigma around them as being a bad character. Right. Yeah. And at least, even if they're overpowered for a while, it's usually only maybe a week or two and they get tuned and then people already liked them because they liked how powerful they were. Right. They had a little bit of time to get used to their kit and now they know how to play them properly, even if they're not necessarily doing the same amount of damage in the same short window of time, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. You know, I we both reignited our love of Overwatch by being at BlizzCon, and so we're both, which, by the way, anybody who's going to stick around after the show, we will be playing Overwatch and we'll be having a fun time doing it. Um, and but dying. It, it definitely reignited our love for Overwatch um, and really sort of kind of cemented that that's the game for us because not only did we get to see that presentation, but we also watched a lot of Overwatch esports, which I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. But because we're talking about Overwatch, it just makes sense to talk about it. But we got to go to the Overwatch arena, which was literally an arena dedicated to Overwatch. And we got to watch the World Cup. Unfortunately, USA lost in the first semifinal round, which was really sad unfortunately controversial opinion but usa sucks <laughs> okay well that's something <laughs> the to say team, the team okay yeah the team was bad um compared to the rest of the dude china played so well they deserved every win that they got china played their butts off um ooh. thanks chumpalago um chumpalago the man we Bro, will be talking We'll be talking some Diablo here a little later because I'm sure everybody is talking about Diablo right now, but we'll save that for last. Um, but watching Overwatch Arena specifically was such a hype because like we, we talked about this while we were there, but watching sports live is, um, and it's, it's funny cause I am going to call it sports, but watching sports live, um, <laughs> there's sort of an electricity about it. And, you know, I could not care about the sport at all, but if I'm watching it live, I'm excited about it, which happened to us a little later, but we'll, we'll save that for later. Um, but watching Overwatch live was so electric you know, the energy in there was electric. Getting to see these five-man kills, getting to see the uh, the, the, the Doomfist um, meteor strikes and the diva bombs go off and get, like, five-man kills. It was just so... And the crowd going crazy. It was just so, just, like, so intense. And the energy was so high. It was, it was unlike anything else. Do you want to talk about it, um, like, chronologically, or do you want to just go, like, game at a time? Because we can just, just talk all Overwatch now if you want. Yeah, I'm good with just talking all Overwatch now. Okay, so, yeah, I don't have too much more to add other than, like, it gets crazy in that arena for esports. Like, people cheer just as loud, if not louder, than they would at a regular sporting event. I didn't expect to have that much fun watching it live, but after watching these pro players just absolutely shred on certain characters, like, it made me want to play more. Like, Eduardo and I are sitting there watching all these, cheering along with the crowd, like, getting really hype about it, and then we're, like, at the end of the day... On day one, we're like, man, I wish I had a computer to play right now. I just want to play Overwatch. Like, I don't want to do anything when we get home. I just want to play Overwatch. And we couldn't do it until we got home. But I'm like really in. We saw some really awesome um, Chinese. And I think Canada played them a little bit too, Doomfist players. So I'm like all in on Doomfist right now. Like, I'm trying to get really good at Doomfist because he's just so cool to watch pros play. So naturally, I'm probably dying a lot. Have you felt like 
inspired besides Ash to play any specific characters after watching those guys? I've been inspired to play everything but Roadhog, which sounds okay. really weird because I wow. played I played almost exclusively Roadhog, and I love playing Roadhog. Don't get me wrong, but I've been really inspired to try to diversify my hero pool and really try to open it up and find the role that I really want to play. Which also, what really inspired me was to put an Overwatch team together. That's my real inspiration. Like while you were looking at Overwatch, I was looking at these shot callers and the like the paths they were taking and the plays that they right. were making and i was going man like i want to do that in a game i don't want us to just scatter in from five different entrances and maybe get the point i want us to be a united front going in in one direction and you know <laughs> pulling off these crazy sombra plays and stuff one direction yeah baby you light up my world like nobody else so what we're saying is he is deadpool i'm the guy from the bar and we are recruiting for the x-force correct if you we're trying to put a team together if you are looking to play and we're not talking about playing at like tournaments or anything we just mean a group of people that like to play overwatch that want to play uh, in a team to play a little bit more competitively than quick play um we can't we're, we might play competitive we might not but it's just about getting a little bit more um making the play be a little bit more cohesive right making a little bit a little bit more strategic rather than just sort of jumping in and jumping out of quick play which is still a totally fine way to play Audio reset again yeah goodness gracious man we got to figure something out with this uh with this mixer because goodness gracious oh, we'll, we'll get it man i mean maybe try like uninstalling it and reinstalling it or something i don't know if you can i mean don't do it right now yeah, has got the team. right got the right idea. Not a hardcore team, but a more enthusiastic, yeah. semi-competitive group. Right. So like a group that yeah. wants to play together, they want to play the game together, and they want to play it a little bit more than just, you know, a casual game, but they don't want it. We're, we're not trying to be, you know, the next big Overwatch team or anything. We're just trying to right. play a little bit more competitively than we have been. And I, I said this yesterday while Eduardo and I were on his stream playing Overwatch. I would love for there to be some type of game in between quick play and comp. Where, like, quick play is, like, a bunch of people dicking around, which is fine because it's quick play, and you can't learn characters without playing them. So if it's a comp of, like, all the snipers in the game and no tanks and no healers, like, whatever, it's quick play. But I also don't want to be, like, chastised by toxic people while I'm trying to learn a character. So comp is almost a step too far. Like, I want something in the middle where it's like comp, but not comp. Like people are taking it more seriously, but they're not going to bite each other's heads off. Right. Like in HOTS, the draft mode, the unranked draft mode, like you're drafting kind of realistically to play against who the other people are picking. Exactly. Comp without the asshats. I don't know if that's possible, but Blizzard, if you're listening, if you're listening, make a comp sans asshats mode. Name it exactly <laughs> that. Comp sans asshats. Credit to Chumblago for that. Right. Because I if think, we're going game by game, by the way, did you have anything else you wanted to say about HOTS? Not particularly. I'm excited for the okay. future of HOTS. They made a lot of really good in-game changes. Um, but to be completely honest, I'm really aboard the, the Overwatch train right now. So it's really like, as far as games that we're going to play, Overwatch is definitely that game for us right now. Sure. Well, I don't know if I have too much else Overwatch stuff to say about Blizz from BlizzCon perspective. So 
Want to go on to the next thing? Yeah, so next, I believe, was the Hearthstone announcement, which um, I do not play Hearthstone like I used to. To be fair, Hearthstone is what reintroduced me to Blizzard games a long time ago. Um, I downloaded Hearthstone on my phone, started playing it, and that's what made me want to download things like um, World of Warcraft. Peaches got me into World of Warcraft again, and then I started playing Overwatch when it came out, and then it was just full steam ahead on the Blizzard train. Um uh, but this particular Hearthstone announcement wasn't very groundbreaking. It was another expansion, sort of like everything else that they've always done. And so, I mean, in some ways, if you like Hearthstone, good for you because it's more Hearthstone content. But in other ways, they're not breaking any ground. So those of us that don't necessarily play Hearthstone right now or haven't played in a while don't really have a reason to come back right now. I think one thing, too, that kind of spans the entirety of BlizzCon just probably as a blanket statement for people to keep in mind is like BlizzCon is a huge event that they prepare for every year. They look forward to it every year. They love putting the event on, but also they don't plan all of their top notch updates and events to happen exclusively on BlizzCon day. So like, I think it's kind of unrealistic for people to think that every single game is going to get like a crazy, amazing update. Whereas they can just say, Hey, Hearthstone fan, welcome to BlizzCon. I'll give you a sneak preview of what's coming next. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, the Eiffel Tower. I know that was a weird, that didn't make any sense, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, um, so I, you know, and I don't play Hearthstone, so I didn't really feel any specific way about the announcements, but it was cool beating you in a game of Hearthstone. I'll just I say. am still upset about that. In my, <laughs> in my eyes, it didn't happen. <laughs> Listen, there's a so the demo for Hearthstone, just to recap on do you want to talk about like what the expansion added? Not really. Okay, I'll I'll tell them. So the expansion <laughs> added these like spirit cards, right? So the theme is that it's in Stranglethorn Vale and like the arena. Um and each deck is gonna have like this spirit card that just sits on the playing field no matter what. It has like health, um, and when you kill it. It dies, but it still stays on the board, and then it respawns like three turns later, right? And every class has a different spirit that sits on the board. When you played the demo at BlizzCon, you got assigned to a random class. So I got I played a Warlock deck, and Eduardo played a Mage deck. And from our initial view of those spirits, and maybe it also had to do with like what cards I ended up pulling versus you know that RNG element of things, uh, the Warlock deck was absolutely better than the Mage deck. Like, I slaughtered him. It wasn't fair. It was and nice. I don't play Hearthstone, really. Like, Eduardo plays a lot of Hearthstone comparatively. I've played maybe, like, 20 games total, 30 games total. Um, I've probably quintupled so, that. Yeah, so <laughs> probably even more than that. Probably I'd say more. You've probably played 20 times more games than I have. Most so. likely, yeah. So yeah, it was a cool mechanic, but like I didn't really feel positive or negative about it because I I don't plan on getting huge into Hearthstone. I think the best part of Hearthstone for the of the for the event for us was that the Hearthstone stage was kind of in its own little corner, and so the bathroom never had a line, and there was never a line. <laughs> there was like a really small line to get a cup of coffee. So we went there. We always went there to go to the bathroom, and every morning we went there to get a cup of coffee because all the other awesome. coffee lines were ridiculous. So thank you Hearthstone for that. <laughs> right. So moving on, I believe next was World of Warcraft, 
And mm-hmm. World of Warcraft basically just said, hey, you guys already know the stuff that's coming. Let's show you what's coming. But here's another cinematic trailer. Um, and they basically set the stage. It's, it was a Sarafang cinematic trailer where he's like in a prison in um, Stormwind, which was it was really cool to get to see Stormwind not look like a piece of shit. Um, like how it does... Um, like how it does on live right now, because Stormwind, Ogremar got uh, like a nice update when the Siege of Ogremar happened, but Stormwind has not had that nice like uh, that nice fresh coat of paint put on it, so it still looks kind of kind of poopy. Um, and so, it's the 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 whole thing was really cool, and it's sort of setting us in this direction of who are you going to choose as your war chief? Are you going to choose um, Sylvanas? Or are you going to choose Sarafang? And we can talk about this now because we're talking about WoW, but we also went to the WoW Q&A panel. And one of the coolest things happened, and I thought it was amazing, and Peaches didn't really understand what was happening, but was also hyped because the crowd was hype. So we're sitting at the WoW Q&A panel, and um, we're sitting at the WoW Q&A panel, and... Scott Johnson is moderating it, who's a podcaster I listen to, and the second person to come up ask a question is Chris Metzen. For those that don't know, Chris Metzen um, was a developer on Blizzard for, I think, like 17 years. He worked on World of Warcraft when it originally came out. He is the voice of Thrall, and he is the voice of Varian Rin. Um, he is instrumental in bringing up the lore and sort of the storytelling of World of Warcraft and sort of a lot of these things. He was also instrumental in developing Overwatch. He was the lead designer on Titan, the game that came before Overwatch. So he he is also, which we found out, the voice of Bastion, which I didn't know. But he also, um, while we were watching that um, that Overwatch character creation trailer or um, panel, he was also the voice of Bastion. So it was him making those um, boops and bobs. But he asked a question about um, when is the Horde going to get the real War Chief back? Who he was alluding to Thrall. Um, which was just such a fun moment because one, I really want Thrall to come back because I really want an orc to be in charge of the the horde again. And two, it was just like a fun surprise, right? Like just a nice surprise that you just didn't get to see. Yeah, like I like you said, I didn't really know who he was, but when he did the Thrall voice, it kind of clicked for me. And everybody on the stage that was doing the WoW QA was totally blown away from seeing him. So it seemed like they were kind of all happy to to lock eyes for a moment. Um, yeah, the the main stuff that they announced with WoW was kind of stuff that people already knew. Like it was kind of already common knowledge that at some point you were going to have to choose between Sarfang and Sylvanas. Like that was out there for a minute. Um, they talked about vanilla WoW, the uh, the original World of Warcraft standalone thing. Uh, by the way, in case you did not hear about this, if you have a subscription to World of Warcraft, when Vanilla WoW servers are live, you will get that included with your monthly subscription. They're not going to make you pay extra for that. Those servers are going to live simultaneously on, like, you're going to have simultaneous access to both of those accounts. So don't worry about that. And we're going to talk about the Vanilla WoW in a second. I can tell by Eduardo's face that he wants to say some stuff about that. Um but they announced that they showed us the cinematic they talked about the new patches that are coming up but other than that i would say there wasn't really a ton of like crazy wow news but i could be wrong because we haven't really committed to wow and 
in a little while. Right. All the news that I, I, I think we got from WoW was all stuff that sort of happened before and sort of come before and will sort of come whenever a new WoW expansion comes out, right? Like, it's all about the same as it always comes out. So nothing groundbreaking, just, you know, just similar to Hearthstone, a new dungeon, a new raid. So just like Hearthstone came up with a new expansion, just more of similar content, nothing groundbreaking, which is okay because we're there to celebrate Blizz- BlizzCon and Blizzard games, and we don't necessarily need groundbreaking um, announcements every five seconds, contrary to what people think. But once again, we'll get there. Speaking of contrary to what people think, Eduardo... Uh, how do you feel about Vanilla WoW? Holy, Tell us about the demo. Holy shit. So demos are something that we kept waiting to start doing um, until we thought the lines were going to be shorter, and the lines never got shorter. Uh, never, They never really got shorter. So the first one that we really did, besides the Diablo ones, were was the, the, the WoW... Um, the vanilla wow demo and we waited in line and we sat down and it took us we had about like 30 minutes of playtime and we had one quest to do while we were doing that 30 minutes of playtime and we didn't even finish that one quest i was so upset okay i wasn't so upset but i finished that demo and went wow i don't need that in my life like i that is not something i need you said wow (laughs) <laughs> yes you said you said wow though i said wow so wow. so just in case y'all don't remember what vanilla was like just in case um a lot of stuff that they have in the current state of the game is the way it is because they wanted to make quality of life changes and they didn't want the game to be like so outlandishly drawn out and so some of the stuff that you may not remember from vanilla possibly uh, you have to listen to the quest. So when you get the when you pick up a quest from an NPC, you can't skip the text. You have to wait for it all to play out before you can move on. Um, if you're in a group and you're questing, you take turns looting the enemy, and you do not share that loot. So Eduardo and I were doing this the very first quest that neither one of us finished, and we had to loot like seven beaks from a plane strider right we were like out there killing birds because birds and uh i got six before our 30 minute demo was up and eduardo got like three and we had to loot every other one so we'd kill one and i'd loot it and then kill the next one and he'd loot it and the drop rate didn't depend on you know how many he had it was both of our drop rates so i just got a little luckier getting the beaks than he did um also, one thing that I thought was cool that was back were talent trees. Um, you specced into your talent tree just like you previously did. And just like before, I mean, you wouldn't have had time to do this for the demo, but um, you can't really go back on your talents unless you spend a ridiculous amount of money in vanilla. So there was no way we were going to be able to undo those, not like we needed to. Um, what else happened? We dueled each other. You won the duel, so I guess I didn't win everything at BlizzCon. Oh, you're right. I won something. Yeah. Yes. You won the duel. Um, yeah, I think... So my prediction for that, and I don't want to... I'm not going to talk bad about the company when I say this. I'm just prefacing that. I think that Blizzard got a really good idea of fan what they need to do from a fan service perspective with Warlords of Draenor, right? We've talked about that on the show before. And I think because they feel like they are going to always try to give that fan service that they've started giving, 
I think they listened to the community, even though they knew better and knew that most people wouldn't really want a vanilla wow. My prediction for that is that everybody, most everybody, when it goes live, is going to play it for maybe an hour, maybe even a couple days, maybe even a couple weeks. And then I would say a majority of those people are going to say, nope, and they're going to go back to the... Uh, the nice polished um, fan servicey expansion that is BFA currently, uh, because they're going to realize that they actually did not want that thing. Um, funny thing about quality of life changes, they make the quality of life better. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I know, crazy, right? But you, you start to really feel that when you're playing that demo. Like, you're like, man, this is, this is not great. <laughs> And I don't want to make it sound like I'm making a blanket statement there. Like, I think there are going to be people that have wanted that game to be the way they remembered it from the very beginning. I think there are people like that out there. And those people are going to have a hell of a good time. They're going to spend a lot of time doing everything because it just takes longer to do everything. And they're going to have a great time. But I think most people are going to dip their feet in the water and then realize the pool is way too cold. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But time will tell people uh, play it if you want to the demo i think is still going on for another like day or two um so if you want to try it out try it out we could probably try it again but we won't um <laughs> you could uh, hear me laughing but i did <laughs> <laughs> um we will not be we will not be trying that out next up was a nice surprise uh there was an announcement that they were going to be remastering an old game and they said we would like to present to you this they led it up that way and then they just played a trailer and it was the trailer for warcraft 3 and people got hype yeah it was Very lit. Hype. it was so lit and the craziest part was is they showed you side-by-side -side comparisons of what the game originally looked like and what the remaster looks like and the remaster looks insane oh it looks so good and the guy presenting said um that it's not even the final version of the game so it could improve even further where'd you go what sorry my go? siri started talking i like, started saying things like as if i was talking to her but no, oh, no worries. talking to you uh, siri <laughs> no it looks great and um for the demo purposes, there was a demo of the Warcraft 3 Reforged, is what they're calling it. Um, there was a demo for 3 Reforged, and you got to play the Culling of Stratholm mission. If you don't remember the name of the mission, that's understandable. It was probably a long time ago. But if you played Warcraft 3, it was the mission where Arthas decided that the entire village that was infected needed to be killed before they could become part of the undead army. So he went into the village and he started killing everybody in the village, trying to race with the demon um, Tychondrius. I don't remember his Malganus. name. Malganus. Malganus, Bic, number two. I don't remember what's name is. <laughs> oh, no, and I'm not using, I'm not using a, a headset mic. I've got a, a mic right here. I've just been fiddling with how close it is to my face. Yeah, stay in one spot, will you, dude? My bad. Nah, it's fine. Um, so yeah, the demo was really cool and I'm pretty stoked to play it. Eduardo said something funny about, um, modding. You were like, I was like so if you go ahead, go ahead. Dave like commented on this already. So I was like, does that mean oh, there's going to be another Dota mod for this? And they said, yeah, like they can recreate the Dota mod for, 
because they're going to have another like customized map thing. And so you're essentially going to get to play the original Dota mod on this new engine. You imagine like Dota Reforged, Dota 2 Reforged. Do you think all Blizzard sorts of Warcraft like, uh, mods that will, like, like take it over? People probably still play in a cult fashion. Sure. Yeah. Oh, you know what we forgot to mention? Huh. The the StarCraft announcement was the very first one. You know what they said for the StarCraft announcement, oh, right, you guys? Right, 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 right. Come to the panel and we'll tell you about StarCraft. <laughs> right. Basically, they said there's gonna be a new what is it? New co-op mission? New co-op commander? And come to the panel like to find that. out more. Basically, that's basically all they said. Yeah. A cool thing that happened with StarCraft, though, is we got to watch the StarCraft finals. And it was, um, I don't remember the, the gentleman's names, but um, the guy that ended up winning was the first non-Korean player to ever win the StarCraft World Championship. He was from Finland. I, I, I think his name was Serial? Surreal? It was Serial. You're right. It was Serial. Yeah. It was serial because they were, okay, this was kind of taunting. We're going to go off topic for a second. They were randomly giving out vouchers so that people could have the Lucio O's cereal. That's another thing they announced at BlizzCon was that there will be Lucio O's. I was like, where is this going? How does this relate to cereal? But cereal, got it. So now you remember. They're giving out these vouchers and we didn't get one. So I was kind of salty about it because I wanted to try some Lucio O's. And we went outside to where they were giving them out to kind of ask them, like, hey, how do we get a voucher for this? And the guy was basically like, screw you, I don't have anything for you. I'm still sort of salty about it. He wasn't that rude. Anyways, we're out there looking to get cereal. And the very next thing we did was go inside and start watching the StarCraft finals. And the guy's name was Cereal. And I was like, life is taunting me right now. I was not happy about it, but I'm happy that he won because that's a cool achievement, if you will, to be the first to do something. Yeah, it was super cool to watch. And once again, neither you nor I know that much about StarCraft. We didn't know too much of what was going on, but we knew enough that when that crowd got hype, some real serious shit was going down and we needed to get hype with them. And by the time the guy won, we were like, oh my God, Serial, I can't believe he did it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, as a person who played a little bit of Warcraft 3, like StarCraft isn't completely... It's not a complete foreign language to me. Like you can kind of look at it as a more fast paced Warcraft. That's kind of how I see it, but I just never got into it. And even when I tried to play it a few times, I was never even close to good enough to pursue it. So I can understand it when I watch it like 80%, but I just knew when the crowd was cheering that I should be cheering. (laughs) That's basically, I was relying on the crowd. Same. And then we get to the final announcement of the night and or of the, the morning. And this is where all the controversy is. So the announcement, it was is Diablo's turn. So Diablo was last. And you should give a little backstory to this. So leading up to BlizzCon, um, earlier this year, there was um, a video put out by the Diablo community manager going, we've got multiple, excuse me, multiple Diablo projects in the works something is coming we, we've got some diablo news to share at blizzcon and that was basically what the video said um and people immediately were like diablo 4 is happening it's the i myself was like diablo 4 is definitely happening diablo 4 is what's going on at blizzcon and then about a week before blizzcon blizzard puts out a, a post and they go hey 
We know you guys are really excited for Diablo. We will be sharing Diablo news, but it's probably not going to be the news that you expect, like temper your expectations, essentially. Um, basically, what they were saying without actually saying it was, we're working on Diablo 4, but you're not going to get it at this BlizzCon. You're going to get something else. And people then theorize about what that would be, whether it be um, Diablo 2 Remastered or more content for Diablo 3 or something, right? And so they then decided um, to release... Or So this guy, Wyatt Chang, comes on stage, starts talking about Diablo, and then starts talking about how mobile games are basically the future and how everybody has a phone and, you know... And then they, they announced Diablo Immortal, which is a new mobile game um, coming to iOS and Android. They didn't announce a date yet, um, and it is still in the early stages, but it'll be, you know, a new Diablo title set between Diablos 2 and 3. Then they released the trailer for it. You got to watch a little bit, and then they, you know, they kind of closed on that. And the internet all collectively threw up at the same time. Um, lost their shit. They lost their shit and here's the thing we're gonna talk about this for a while but i need to iterate on something just from the very beginning for anyone who is currently that feels personally victimized by blizzard entertainment shut the fuck up because wow i did not expect that because i'm just here's the thing you are allowed to be disappointed that a that a developer didn't make the game that you want. You are not allowed to be like, cancel this game, developer, go kill yourself. Give me, let me go do a death threat to this developer. You, that's where you cross the fucking line, right? That is where it goes too far. And so the people that are basically saying, um, right, they wanted to make a genuinely good mobile game, and the way that I look at it is because people, the way people are looking at it is, mobile games are cancerous. They're bad. Blizzard's just going to do the same thing. But in my eyes, I go, if there's one company that's going to do a bl- or a mobile game right, I have faith that Blizzard will do it, right? Because they don't put out bad products. Even if it's a product, like there have been several products that they have canceled. Titan is one of them where they said, this isn't up to our standards. If it is a game that Blizzard is putting out, give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because they do put out such high quality products. Um, but people are upset. You know what term I hate? When someone says a developer has either slapped them in the face or spit in their face. Like, they did this thing. It's such a slap in the face to the consumer. No, it's not. All they did was announce a game and say, this game is coming out. And then you were pissy because it wasn't the game that you wanted it to be. I I agree with you. I don't want to knock you off of the this pedestal right now. So keep going if you need to. I also have a lot to say on this. I rehearsed. I rehearsed on the way to dinner with Dennis and Lisa. We talked about this. They asked me my feelings on BlizzCon. I complained about people's reaction to Diablo Immortal. <laughs> and look, here's the thing. is It's just, it's so mind-boggling. Um, yeah, right. Death threats are way too far. And they, they did expect a little bit of backlash, right? And and here's the thing. The reason why I think it's different, and it's part of it is because the way video games are nowadays have changed. Ten years ago, when Diablo 3 came out, or what was it, like eight, six years ago when Diablo 3 came out, video games gotcha. um, were in, I think it came out in 2012, right? So when Diablo 3 came out, Video games were in a completely different place. Games as a service hadn't really taken off yet. And so 
you expected iterative titles on the same game. Then uh, things started coming out like League of Legends and then now Fortnite. And now games as a service is the preferred model. It is how games are done nowadays, right? And so people are treating Diablo as if it is one of those games as a service model and are expecting Diablo to be this thing and are upset because they have invested time into Diablo 3 and other Diablo titles. But it is not that type of game, right? Like Diablo 3 is not a games as a service model. It is not like these other games. It is a game where... Um, it is a game that, that, that it started as a start to end finish and then they ended up adding in end game content to it later but not once was there a a microtransaction really included there was that pay to win auction house but they fixed that like not once are you ever buying like really gear for it you're never buying boost you're basically just playing diablo because you love the game and you continue to play it um and look i just don't people are just the worst and you know i'm gonna keep talking forever so i need you to i need you to continue here and i'm sure i'll bounce off of what you have to say but i'm just really upset with with where people have sort of taken this you are still muted my friend you need to turn on your microphone you need to there you go you're right you're (laughs) right so um so i looked this up for you real quick uh, Diablo 2 Lord of Destruction, which was the last expansion before Diablo 2 was discontinued, was June 27th, 2001. And then we didn't get Diablo 3 until May 15th of 2012, right? So we've got like 11 years in between those games. And I don't remember when Blizzard announced Diablo 3, but it was way before the game came out. It's not Kingdom Hearts 3 way before the game came out. But it's defi- it was definitely way before the game came out, and people were kind of hanging on to that for a while because they were waiting for this game that they've wanted to play for a long time, and it just didn't come out when they expected it to. And I think part of the problem, just like with Kingdom Hearts 3, Square Enix, is that they announced it so early, and then they didn't have anything to deliver on for a while. I think Blizzard's learned from that as far as when they're going to announce when things are going to be available, they don't want to make it so far in the future that like fans never get it, but they also don't want to tell you the day before it comes out. So my theory on this is that of course they're working on Diablo four. Like why wouldn't they work on Diablo four? They worked on Diablo three. They've made expansions for Diablo three. People want Diablo four, but if you've listened to all the things that we've announced and then explained that we played the demo for, you'll notice that literally everything we told you that they announced, they had a demo for. And they didn't announce anything for Diablo 4 because they didn't have anything to show us. They didn't have anything that we could play. And I think that's smart of them. And I think the other thing, maybe people don't understand this, maybe because they've never, you know, maybe they've never had the type of job where they work on an actual project. Um, Most people hear the word project and they think of something they did in high school or in middle school with like four other people. And there was one guy that did all the work and a bunch of other people just sat around. Like that's a school project, but a project in real life involves a lot of steps. It involves planning, it involves risk management, it involves, you know, lots of different people, but it doesn't involve everyone in the world. It doesn't involve everyone at the company. What's up, Bailey? So... I think part of the I'm problem sorry, is... The, uh, I'm sorry the bent neck ladies in my house. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Hey, bent neck lady. 
shameless uh, haunting at Hill House reference. <laughs> so, so I think what I think part of the problem is people have this perception, this false perception of what a project actually looks like. You can't just ask everybody that works for Blizzard to drop what they're doing and work on Diablo 4 because you want Diablo 4 before everybody else. You know, if let's just say for the purpose of this example, they can only have 100 people working on Diablo 4 at a time. What are you going to do with this other handful of people that is on the Diablo team that cannot proceed with their project yet? Now, I don't know exactly how this is going, but I'm saying from the project management point of view, you can't put that many hands in the cookie jar of a project. So why try to rush something that's not going to be a quality game? Why not let them take their time and develop it? And <laughs> that's a good point, Gator Sex. Yeah, he says this bit is going to be great for people who only <laughs> listen and don't watch. Yeah, there's a lot of weird pausing. Um, <laughs> I'll explain that one really quick. <laughs> but I just don't understand. Like, you have to know that only so many people can contribute to Diablo 4. No matter how far it has come along or how far it's going to come along, only so many hands can go into that cookie jar. Why not deliver a product that almost everybody has access to that would tide you over until the product you're waiting for is ready? And on that same note, I want some ideas from you guys. Like seriously, this, is, this would be one of the great opportunities to email the show, or you can even say it in the chat or in any future streams we have. What do you think that they, you have to think about this from Blizzard's point of view. Diablo, all three of these games, have a very specific gameplay and theme. You are some sort of gritty-looking dude or dudette killing skeletons and demons in a grotesque, dark world. And every game is slightly different, but at the end of the day, every game is pretty much exactly the same. You run around and you kill hordes of enemies over and over. What are they going to do for Diablo 4 to set it apart from Diablo 1, 2, and 3? If I'm Blizzard, I'm kind of worried about that question because we've put out three games that are all in concept very similar. People want a fourth one. Are we just going to give them the same thing that we've given them three times, which would basically be a Diablo 3 expansion? Or are we going to do something new and slightly iterative that will remind them of Diablo maybe add different classes um, and ultimately is a different game. I don't know because to me, if you're, if the only plan is to add new, like new classes and slightly change the mechanics, just expand Diablo three. You know what I mean? So I'm just curious what people expect and I'm curious what people, how people perceive how projects work. Because well, you can't just drop what you're doing and all jump in on one project. Another thing that really makes me upset about the whole situation is how scattered people's complaints are about the whole situation. So you have folks that are upset because of the announcement because they don't want to see a Diablo on mobile game. There are people that think that Blizzard is sacrificing quality to make a quick buck off of a mobile game. Um, there are people that think that um, that Diablo on 
mobile is a slap in the face to any loyal PC fan. There are some people, and I read this because I went on the subreddit because I'm a glutton for punishment and I wanted to be mad at work all day, um, were people who were upset because Diablo Immortal is technically canon, so if they need to, if they want to know the lore of the game, they have to play the game. And... No, you don't. Look it up. Exactly. Um, Talk to anybody who spoils things. I'm but, sure all of us know at least three people who you actively avoid because they will spoil something for you. Right. People were legitimately mad about that, which was, once again, idiotic. Um, people were upset that... Um, what was the company that's doing it? Um, there's, a, there's a company, NetEase, is the one that's, that they're, they're partnering with because they don't necessarily make mobile games full-time except for Hearthstone. To, to make this game and people are calling it a reskin and oh my goodness my dog is really excited people are calling it a reskin and they're <laughs> saying that the microtransactions are going to be really egregious and that they're just going to you know they're going to be predatory first off which they didn't announce first off they haven't talked about how they're monetizing the game at all so people are just automatically jumping to conclusions two they talked about how it's a reskin of um this other game which um hold on one moment the game is called Crusaders it. of Light. And for this podcast, I downloaded Crusaders of Light <laughs> because I got yes, to play Diablo Immortal and I then downloaded and played this. And while they are similar because they are both action games, they are not the same game. Like that game played very differently. It played like Diablo. And we haven't talked about this, but we both played Diablo Immortal and we like left it being like, oh shit, that game is actually really fun. What? No, it was fun. I'm so happy that you downloaded that game just to like piss in other people's Cheerios, which yes, they deserve. They deserve. I literally downloaded <laughs> the game and played it today, not while I was working. Um, I w- <laughs> so that I can. I want to say too, like on your microtransaction subjects, and I, I also feel like I don't want us to jump to conclusions because we could be wrong. They might incorporate microtransactions. But I'd like to think that, like you said earlier, people would have more faith in Blizzard than to make a bad game. And I think that, like, less than a year ago, EA was the laughing stock of the gaming community because of their microtransactions. Do you think Blizzard wants to step up to that plate? I don't think they want to. I don't think they're going to be willing to ostracize themselves. And you know, and, and if there's one game that I think does microtransactions like loot boxes correctly, it's Overwatch. And who makes Overwatch? Mm-hmm. Like Everyone. Heroes of the Storm and <laughs> Overwatch do um, those loot boxes correctly, way more correctly than any other game out there. And you know, th- this idea that Blizzard is just you know has lost its way, and we need to stop being Blizzard fans. They don't deserve this. You know, the way people talk about video game developers is so strange to me because they lump everybody in a company into one being and they're basically just talking to mr blizzard and how much they don't (laughs) like mr blizzard that's what i'm saying about their thoughts on why they're not working on this game when they should be working they're working on this game when they should be working like it's not one guy right it's a bunch of people that all have different projects and hobbies the company is literally divided into every major game that they put out like I don't think there's a lot of crossover. Sure. Right? Most of the people that work on WoW work on WoW. And the people that work on Diablo work on Diablo primarily. Like, I don't think there's a ton of cross. I could be wrong about that. But the way 
all the different people came out and explained what they did. It seemed like they're all just divisions of the company. It's like Adventureland, Tomorrowland, Fantasyland. You know what I mean? Sure. And the people that are working on Diablo Mobile aren't necessarily the same people working on, you know, what are you doing? Uh, aren't necessarily the same people working on Diablo 4, right? Because they're two different, they're two different things. You. Are you going to like crab walk over there? I need my pants. Bailey just wants the screen time today. She's literally crawling on the floor because she doesn't have any pants on. I forgot my pajama pants on. We would not be able to see her legs. She's a tall lady. You'd be able to see her legs. Oh, okay. Well, good job, Bailey. Um, she found them. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, you know... How did she lose them? <laughs> she, no, she went to get her pajama pants because they were over here for some reason. Um, you always get mad. It's not that kind of <laughs> I mean, let me make things a little better for you. I typed half of one <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gator Sacks, that we couldn't provide the provocative show that you're looking for. Yeah, but join us after the Peaches stream on Chat Roulette. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Look, it's it's very clear... It's very clear that we are both very critical of all the critics of Diablo. I think there are some fair points to be made for some of the folks. I think there are some fair points to be said of, you know, you're you're a Diablo purist. You're really excited for a new Diablo announcement. And then it's not something that you feel like you're going to play. That feels bad. And I get that. Does that mean you should go and be an asshole on the internet? No, but... You, you, you Bailey understand. says yes. Bailey says yes, apparently, but whatever. Um, I don't think so. Um, I think it might have been... Here's the problem, right? Say they didn't save Diablo Mortal for last. This brand new game on a brand new platform. What should have closed BlizzCon then? I, mean, because, I don't know. Because without all of the outrage surrounding it, Diablo Immortal was the biggest announcement from there, right? Like, a brand new way to play Diablo. You're going to get to play it wherever you are. Like, it was the big announcement. People are still very, very upset about it. Yeah. I think... I think I probably would have... If I chose the the schedule, I would have ended it the same way. I mean, if you think about it, like, they might have expected to get some backlash because of the fact that it's a mobile game. But if you think about it, it's like an entire new game, right? Whereas the HOTS and Overwatch stuff are additions to the game that already exists. Um, WoW was a a vanilla server that everybody already knew was coming. Um, Warcraft 3 Reforged, yeah, it's a new game, but you've already played it. It's just a remaster, which I don't mean just like it's just a remaster. Like, it's going to be awesome. But people have played that game before. Diablo Immortal is going to be a completely new game. So right. you have more ways to play a thing that you know you like. And if you don't like it, you don't have to play it. You know, and the weird part is watching the announcement, and I don't know if you felt the same way, but after I watched the Diablo Immortal announcement, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, but I don't think I'll ever play that. Those type of mobile games aren't my thing. And then I got to play it, and I was like, no, I would totally play this. Like, I kind of really want to play this. Yeah. 
Yeah, I liked it too. I had fun with it. I, I said to you, like, because they didn't announce any anything about what the price was going to be, uh, when it was going to be released, anything like that. So, I mean, my opinion on that is if it's between like a certain range, I'll probably pay for it. Sure. Um, we'll see when it comes out. I don't think that it deserves all the hate that it's getting. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, but it's the internet nowadays and people want to be upset about things on the internet. Like Piranha Plant. Like Piranha Plant. Shout out to earlier. I agree with you guys. No one needs to freak out about that. Yeah. So, would you say overall, mm-hmm. BlizzCon, uh, yay or nay? Uh, is that even a question? A hundred times yay. It's we- Of course it's a rhetorical question. It's, it's for the audience. I want you folks out there to know <laughs> that we are already planning our trip to BlizzCon <laughs> next year. We left BlizzCon and we're like, all right, well... We got to come next year, right? <laughs> like we are already in the works to then to go back to BlizzCon because it was so much fun. So if you're listening to this and you want to come with us to BlizzCon, let us know. I don't know how much uh, room there is at my wife's grandparents' house. But we could probably figure something out. <laughs> Yo, you'll love you'll love Bailey's grandma. She's the best. Oh, and if you like talking, her grandpa, he'll be there with you. He will carry a conversation with you forever. Uh, the Wi-Fi is awful, so you'll have to actually talk to people. Yeah, the Wi-Fi that makes noises. <laughs> Piranha plant main here. Yo, yeah, I, I want to go back. I think it'll be cool um, to go again and maybe even cosplay next time. Right. I've never been huge into cosplay because I just, like, I'm the kind of person that wants to do something 100% or 0%, and I've never felt like I could pull off something that's, like, good enough for me to consider it 100%. True. But I think with the proper time and planning, I might want to do something like that, but I'm going to keep my thoughts on what that will be secret and only known to the three people I've talked to about it. I am one of those people. Hey, um, yeah, man. What did you think? BlizzCon? How was it for you Uh, as as a whole? I liked it a lot. I, I liked seeing all the different people cosplaying. I liked how cool everybody was to each other. Um, for the most part, until the Diablo stuff. Um, I liked being able to kind of walk around the convention center and go to whatever booth you wanted. It's really cool. They provide you with a virtual ticket. So if you miss any of the panels or if like there are two panels happening at the same time on different stages and you want to go to one more than the other, you can just go watch the one you missed using your virtual ticket. So that's really cool. Um, The food trucks, I wouldn't write home about the food trucks, but they had lines of them parked outside so you could really pick from a variety of different things you wanted to eat you didn't just have to eat like you know convention center hot dogs shit um so i thought they put on a really good show a really good event i think they'll get better with the crowd control i have faith that they'll get better with the crowd control over time now that they've kind of gotten to do it and on that same note i think you and i will be better at navigating blizzcon because we have now gotten the chance to do it so and who knows maybe next year we'll go up there as media who knows man who knows what a year will do maybe Um, but i think i think that's gonna wrap up our blizzcon extravaganza but before we go peaches let the folks know where they can find you even though that's what i do that's what i do i'm so good at that my goodness Hey, if you're just listening to this, uh, catch the podcast live on, we going to Fridays now? 
What are we doing? I haven't decided yet. Okay, so we're. Oh, so I did decide something though. We're gonna switch to bi-monthly. 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 So we're gonna do it every other week from now on. Streaming has bi- sort of. Bi-weekly. Bi-weekly streaming has okay. sort of um, taken over a little okay. bit, so time's a little crunchier. So there's some news. We're gonna be doing the podcast bi-weekly instead of weekly. Um, Eduardo will probably talk more on that in a minute. Um, but you can find me at twitch.tv slash peaches. Follow me on social media, uh, Instagram and Twitter, D underscore peaches, P E H three Z P E A C H three Z. I just spelled that incorrectly. Um, and probably looking for the stream schedule to change. So you might see us biweekly on Thursday. You might see us on Friday. We'll discuss it. We'll get back to you. And we'll always update Twitter with what's going on so that if you want to be here for the podcast, you can be here and interact with us while we're talking uh, and watch us make really stupid faces and listen to our dogs walk around in the background. So that's all I've got, man. Uh, I'll hand it back over to you. I think Chris wants you to upload the BlizzCon prediction episode that you're, you're not going to upload till no, after No, 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 no. I haven't even uploaded the one that he was on. Oh, no. Right. So part of that has to do with why we're changing it to bi-weekly. Finding the time to edit these episodes is becoming more and more of a challenge, especially with me streaming. I did get a chance to upload or to edit before the show today the last two episodes that we did, so those will be coming up within the next day or two. You'll be able to see them on your podcast feeds. But we're going to switch to bi-weekly. I think it'll give us a chance for one, to make a little longer episodes and to get a little bit more in-depth on stuff, and two, it'll give us a little bit more chance to prepare and it'll give me a little bit more time to edit the shows after we're done. Um, If you guys have any feelings about that, you can always feel free to email the show at squaduppodcast at gmail.com um, he just wants an email you guys someone email him some, for the love of god um, <laughs> so one other thing that I forgot to mention that I can't believe I forgot to mention for this whole podcast um, one thing did happen before we left your boy ABCD Eduardo over here became a Twitch affiliate. So hey. big things happen in there. Uh, so come check out my stream, twitch.tv slash ABCD Eduardo. You can find me Sundays and Mondays. I'll be playing the this Sunday. I am playing Darksiders War Mastered. My idea is to play that one. I want to play the second one in the franchise. And then I want to go back to one of my favorite games. And after those two, I'm going to try some Fable Anniversary because I love me some fables. So come hang out. It's always a fun time and everyone is more than welcome. Um, <laughs> you can give them to me and I'll uh, split them with him. I'll, I'll <laughs> Venmo him. I'll Bitmo him. I'll Bitmo him. Um, <laughs> but I think that's going to do it for us here. For myself, for Peaches, good luck. Have fun. <laughs> I wish I was still at BlizzCon. <laughs> Bye, everybody. It's true.